0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Holy Holiday, a practical guide for making the holidays holy days. And we are actually entering into the fifth week so far of our journey. But if you are just joining in today, perfect timing. I don't want you to worry about it at all because actually today we are going to be talking about Advent. And Advent starts next week and it is actually sort of the official Christian time of celebrating the holidays and we're going to get into that. But if you are joining us right now, I also want to catch you up on some things that we've been talking about. We have been intentionally um, and tangibly trying to make this season a holy season. We took the holidays and we decided we're going to go after holiness. So and it is absolutely countercultural because just at the time when most of our culture is overdoing everything, right? We're overspending, we're overeating, we're overbooking our schedules. We are trying to say we are going to uh, we are we are going to spend less, we're going to eat less and we're going to pare down our schedule so that we have time to actually experience the holiness of God. So um, we have been doing this, and there's a few things that we've been talking about, ways that we can practice the presence of God. Because our theme this year is Emmanuel, God is with us. And we are trying to get to the point that we really (laughs) remember that God is with us. The truth is God is with us. That's not the problem. It's not the problem. It's not having to ask God to be with us. The problem is becoming aware of his presence. Um, And so we have come up with these practices through the years that help us to become aware of his presence we've covered breath prayer we've covered the daily examine we've covered um actually uh interactive gratitude this emmanuel journaling which uh it has two parts. It has the interactive gratitude and it has the interactive lament. Now, some of these practices have been going on for, you know, a, a couple thousand years almost, um, but others are sort of modern takes on that. And that's what the, the interactive lament is. We talked about that last time. So as we go through, if I uh, refer to any of those things, you'll know if you're just now joining us. Oh yeah, she talked about that. And you can go back and listen to those things if you want to at any time during this year but before we go on i want to say one more thing about that interactively lament that i forgot to talk about last time okay so i talked about how when you are trying to just get all of these yucky feelings that you have in your heart out when you're trying to get all of your painful language out on a piece of paper we call that journal speak or i you know it's my 5-year-old voice getting everything out and talking about how you know how i feel and how hard things are a lot of times when you're writing that down For those 20 minutes I talked about, it's going to be a lot of yucky stuff coming out, stuff that you hate. You know, I always know that I need to journal speak when that word hate is coming into my brain. I hate this. I hate that. I go, "Uh uh-oh, my five-year-old needs to say something. So um, when I'm getting ready to journal speak, I actually do not use my regular journal. So the reason is because a lot of times when I'm going to be talking about something like that, it would be very hurtful if somebody actually read it. And you know, we may we like to think that nobody would ever read our journal. It's a horrific thought to think that somebody would read our journal. but I actually have had the experience of a family member reading my journal because you know that does happen sometimes and sometimes um, for various reasons, you know, we just get it in our mind. I want to, you know, the curiosity overcomes them, or perhaps they're just really, um, anxious about something they want to, and they, they want to know what's, you know, what you're thinking. So it could overtake one of your family members and they could read your journal. And a, perhaps something that they read could be hurtful because this is a time for you to just get it all out. You know, I could say, I hate being a parent right now, which would be hurtful for your kids to know. Um, Or you could even say, I hate my kids, which we know we don't really hate them, okay? We don't really hate somebody, but in that moment of pain, we're forced to say, you might even say, I hate my husband, I hate my, you know, I hate my boss, or I hate this person. You know, that's a normal thing to come out of our hearts. It is normal. So we want to use a separate sheet of paper. And I'm holding up right now, for those of you on the podcast, I'm actually holding up what I use, which is my... Um, just regular old clipboard with lined paper. And I write out for 20 minutes, I write on that piece of paper. And at the end of that 20 minutes, I ball it up and I throw it in the trash or you can burn it or whatever it is. It's actually kind of symbolic because what you're saying is, I know I have all these feelings and all these feel, uh, feelings are out on this paper, but I am actually going to throw them away and I'm going to let God work me through them. So that's when I go back to my journal where that's where I write out all of my manual journaling, all of my um, interactive uh, gratitude I write in there and then my interactive lament, the second part where God is speaking to me, I will actually write that in there. Because I've, by that time, my, my PFC, the front of my brain, is actually involved and I'm working through things with God. That's actually where all your, you know, your spiritual um, center is, so that is usually something that someone could read. I wouldn't want them to because, of course, it's my private journal but it's not as dangerous so I just wanted to put that out there I thought it was really important um, since I've seen that played out in my life so I hope that helps you but today we're actually going to go into the season of Advent we're gonna get ready for it today because it starts next weekend and we are going to be doing some more um, practices that help us to practice the presence of God through that time but um, today I just want to give a sort of a, a explanation of what Advent is and some ways that we can prepare for it. Okay, so let's talk about seasons in general. I've talked about this um, many times. We know that God works in seasons, that he set up the, tr- the the calendar for his people, the Israelite people, way back with Moses. So we're thinking 4,000 years, you know, a long time ago. Um, he had already set up the calendar that they would have these Two times of year that would be times of reflection and introspection, repentance, um, confession, all of that followed by feasting and having a great time. There was one time in the spring and there was a time in the fall. Okay, so would you fast forward after that, the Christian calendar is much the same. Now, although this Christian calendar was not... Um, Laid out in the New Testament or the first century, it wasn't until about the third century, where Constantine and the whole country sort of embraced Christianity, that they were able to make this calendar. And the way that the Christian calendar is laid out is similar. Now, and I'm not here to debate whether we should follow the Old Testament calendar or the or the Christian calendar that came around in 300. You know, I. I tend to always go back to the lunar calendar, which was the one that they used in the Old Testament and um, the Jewish calendar. I I really am fascinated by it and I really like it, but I'm definitely not going to go so far as to say everybody has to do it this way, whatever. I'm here to just sort of go by the principle of it, that there should probably be a couple times in your Christian life through the year, a couple seasons where you take the time to take inventory of your life. That you look back at how you've been living and what's been working and what's not and how you're doing in your relationship with God and how you're feeling about his presence and how you're feeling about your growth. And really look at it and take the time to repent of some things, to change some things, to listen to God's voice, and then to really party after it. I think these are very important times. Um, God gives us these times in the Christian calendar as Lent which comes before the resurrection, and Advent, which becomes before Christmas. Now, since most of us don't come from this sort of background, you know, most of us were, if we have any background, it usually is an evangelical background, um, which is different than sort of the Anglican um, or Catholic, maybe a lot of you are Catholic, I don't know, but that sort of background. Now, in that, they are very good, the Anglican and the and the. Um, and the Catholic background is very good about celebrating these seasons. So I'm going to do some explanation, and this might bore you guys that already know it, but basically the way it's laid out is that during this time of Advent and Lent, these are called uh, times of, of repentance, times of penance. So you are using this color. They actually even have colors that go with it, if you've ever wondered where all the colors come from. Purple is the color of of repentance. And so for these these 40 days of Lent and the four weeks, which is a little bit different, of Advent, Advent always starts the fourth Sunday before Christmas. So it can be it, it can be a, a variety of lengths. It's not your regular Advent calendar that you're gonna find at the grocery store that has 25 days where you count down the first day of, Christ, you know, 25 days before Christmas. That's not what this is at all. It's that four weeks before Christmas you would start celebrating Advent. And this would mean that you would go into a time, believe it or not, of fasting. And this is where we really get counter-cultural here, <laughs> because just about the time that our country is revving up its engines for Christmas, and everybody's starting to buy and buy and buy, because actually it, it really does kind of start with Black Friday. Which is a time to be, you know, to spend and, you know, be, to consume as much as you can. Um, well, just about that time, traditionally, what, the way that it started was that you would actually go into a time of fasting and repentance. Now, this would be different for different people, but traditionally, um, and, and during the years, it actually has changed. So there's no right or wrong way to do this, okay? So this is something that you would choose on your own. As, as far as what we're going to do, you would choose something that you want to give up or some practice that you want to put into place um, that will remind you that this is a time of reflection. So, for example, back in the medieval times and even up till now um, in some places of Europe, the way it would work is that during the October, you know, November time, it would be kind of an Oktoberfest. It would be a sort of a festive time. Oktoberfest is the best way to put it because if you can think that way, where there's you know all of those fun, um, autumn activities, and you know they, they would have these markets out in the square where you would be able to buy you know all this, all the you know the apple things, the things from the fall, um, that you would be able to enjoy all those flavors, those things would be going on in the fall, but just about when you start into Advent, all those things would shut down, they would actually just sort of uh, come to a close because they want to have plenty of time to focus on Jesus. Now, that's really interesting because the way that it's kind of presented itself in our modern day is that we just get busier and busier and busier, and lots of times there's actually just not time for Jesus. Um, There's times to, you know, you, you definitely do a lot of concerts and singing about Jesus, but I don't know how much time we actually get to spend with him. So, The idea traditionally is that you would enter into a time of reflection that you would spend with Jesus. And the way that that would work itself out is for these four weeks, every single week, we would light a candle. There's the purple candle for the first week and a purple candle for the second week. And the first candle would represent hope. And for that week, you would focus on that quality. You would have a daily time with God where you focus on that. The next week would be... um, uh, what's the next week? Peace. And that is another purple candle, and we would focus on that. The third week is joy. And so for one day, you have this pink candle that you would burn. And that actually represents that, that for that one day, it's sort of like a premonition or a precursor to the celebration day. All the fasts go on hiatus, and for that one day, you break your fast and you sort of in, you, you let yourself enter into the joy of the season. Okay, but then the final week is Oslo and also another purple candle, and it is for love. And then after that, everything changes. And on Christmas Eve, that is when you would put up your Christmas tree, you would bake all your goodies, you would feast, you would bring you know would break everything out. all the food would start, all the partying would start. And um, you would set that up on Christmas Eve. and then on Christmas Day you would light a white candle. And you would celebrate for 12 days. You ever wonder where that came from? That's the actual 12 days of Christmas. You would celebrate all 12 days of Christmas and you would end on 12th night. You would end with this huge party because that is when they celebrate that the wise man came to celebrate Jesus and gave their gifts. So that's how the season would end. Christmas is actually 12 days. So uh, then you end with this big party. So it's very, very different than the way that we're used to spending the holidays. And we're used to sort of building up the 12 days before Christmas. But this is actually, Christmas Day starts day one of the 12 days. Now, so I've said all of that just to give you the history of it. And so that you have some working knowledge of how the season works. It works for that you repent and that you fast. And then you break that fast with so much joy that you're really entering Entering into the joy of Jesus being born. But what you focus on during that time of fasting is you don't just focus on you. You actually focus on the second coming of Jesus. That is what Advent means is that it's the arrival. And we are not only celebrating when Jesus came as a baby when he was born, but we're also anticipating with great expectation, his return. And we try to teach ourselves through that fasting and that introspection, how to be ready for Jesus to come back, reminding ourselves that we actually don't know the time and place that we've been living under the illusion that we are going, that we know we're going to wake up tomorrow or we're living in the illusion that Jesus is coming back some far time in the future but we're actually practicing instead. We are practicing, what if he came back tomorrow? And this changes everything because really sometimes our introspection can become about us, but in this perfect season, it becomes about him. For all of those days, we focus on what if it's tomorrow and what if it's tomorrow, and if I could just say anything. Out of all the years that people have probably thought, I wonder if Jesus is coming back. I would say that 2020 would be the year that I can actually think maybe he is. (laughs) I mean, would you go through a year of a worldwide pandemic and a, you know, uh, all this social injustice and unrest and you have, even we've had hurricanes and fires and I think we even had killer hornets or something like that. It's almost like a plague. This is one of the years where I could say, I could honestly think, maybe he is coming back. And it's such a great exercise to take time out of your year, just this specific time out of your year, to think, wait, snap out of it. Snap out of it, disciple. What if Jesus really was coming back? Is my heart ready for him to come back? You know, when, when Jesus was actually coming, John the Baptist went before him. Why? To prepare a way for the Lord. He basically came to make straight paths, as it says in Isaiah, to clear a straight path for Jesus Christ because the people weren't ready for the truth. He said, get your hearts ready because the Savior is coming. And that's what this time is. Get your hearts ready because the Savior is coming again. You know, this is what we're supposed to be doing during this time of Advent. And I want us to focus on this passage right now, and it's in Matthew 25. Now, Matthew 24 and 25 is talking about this theme that basically it's going over this theme that we actually don't know the day and time when God is going to be sending Jesus back. We don't know when this time is coming, and we need to be ready. Let's look at the parable of the 10 virgins. In uh, Matthew 25, verse 1, it says, At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but didn't take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they, were all, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough oil, there may not be enough for both of us and, and, and you, for both us and you, sorry. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. You know, I think it's so important for us to take special time out of our lives to remind us ourse- ourselves of this. We often don't think about this because we, we, you know, the second coming thing, you know, and all that eschatology, we can think, you know, it's sort of kooky and people have done this, you know, formed cults and, you know actually committed mass suicide thinking they knew when Jesus would kind of come back. And, you know, Jesus says to the disciples in Acts, you know, it's not your, you you don't need to know when when, um, the times are set by the Father. But the thing is, we do need to be thinking about it. He still tells them to keep watch. All ten of them were waiting, but only five of them were prepared. You know, this is... This is the truth, is that most everybody is waiting, but not all of us are getting prepared. And this season of Advent is a chance for you to get prepared. It's a chance for you to fill your lamp with oil. It's a chance. The oil is what makes the light burn. And we have to be responsible for filling our own lamps. We need to be making sure that we are pouring in this this anticipation this mindset the oil is a mindset that we get into that we go you know i can remember what is important because i know jesus is coming back so lots of things that i'm doing today are not that important (laughs) it gives us a chance to reset how what we think is important what is urgent as opposed to what is important what are we pouring all of our life into and making sure that we are making our lives matter? That's why we take the time. That's why we say, I don't know if this thing, this actual, it, you know, some of the things that we usually do during the holidays, I'm not sure if it's the really important stuff. And making sure that our motives are, 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 are pure and that we're doing some of these things with the right motives. If we are preparing for some sort of big, you know, Christmas pageant, as they say, you know, so lots of people uh, in the religious community will be preparing for a a religious pageant. Is it transforming how you treat your kids at home while you're doing that? Is it transforming how you are treating your husband? Is it transforming how you are speaking out? Is it transforming how you are uh, reaching out if it's not transforming us, is it really the important thing that we should be doing? You know, I think there's, you know, this, I've said this many times, but two people can be doing the exact same thing, but from two different motives. You know, one person is, is, you know, um, thinking about all that they're going to get out of something. And I've used the example before of two people are working out and one person is thinking the entire time of, you know, how what they're going to eat later or how they're going to, you know, how much weight they're going to lo- lose and how they're going to look. Another person is working out right next to them thinking about, I'm going to take care of my body because God needs me. This is the temple of God and I have an obligation to be a good steward of what I have been entrusted with. Two totally different motives doing the exact same thing. Two people can be writing cards and sending out their Christmas cards and one person is thinking all about their own family and how this card looks and the picture that we're taking and you know, all, all of that making sure, you know, I don't know, sometimes they can actually be very vain in our motives I hate to say that and I'm not trying to call anybody out but we all know our own motives sometimes we can slip into a vanity mindset on that whereas another person can be preparing these cards thinking of who they're sending it to oh, I miss that person so I'm gonna encourage them I'm gonna be encouraging them I'm gonna be thanking them for all they've done for me this year this is about them the exact same um, activity going on from two very different motives. And this is a chance for us to check our motives and to make sure that we are entering into the season and everything that we're doing is filling our own lamp. We are filling our lamps with oil. We are making sure that we are prepared and that we are ready for the bridegroom to return. Don't forget that when the, you know, some of the some of the disciples came and asked Jesus, they said, you know, why, you know, why aren't we fasting? All of John's disciples, they fast and we're not, you know, we're not fasting. Why is it that John's disciples fast and you don't? And then Jesus says, well, how, you don't, when do you fast? You don't fast when the bridegroom is there. You fast before he comes. And that's why the people following John, because they, they were preparing for the bridegroom. And this is us. We have to remember that there takes there is a time for us to prepare. There is a time of fast, time to fast, and there's a time to feast. Okay, so that's the idea behind Advent. So, I want to give you that. I want you to take seriously the charge to deal with your own self and your own heart. But I don't want you to take too seriously how you uh, how you do all the external things for example you know like you can burden yourself with doing all the traditions of advent and reading all the books and making sure you do every single passage every single day and getting down on yourself because you missed a day of the reading or whatever there is you know whatever it is that you're following and i'm going to be putting a lot of links in for different ways that you can follow along with advent Or maybe you're trying to do Advent and you're so excited about it, but, you know, you got to remember that you got three kids that may not be so excited about not lighting up that tree until Christmas Eve. You know, I've been all into Advent for these past, you know, few years, but my family is totally not all converted. So let me just say that they haven't all embraced the Advent ways, you know. But, you know, I, I long to have this season where we'd go, oh, now it's, it's Christmas Eve. Let's do the whole thing. Let's do the 12 days. I have never gotten there, just so you know. So you need to release yourself from the burden of having to be perfect at this season. That's not the important part. Let go of how it looks. Just get a little bit better about it this year than you were last year. Learn one new thing every single year about Advent, and you're going to be fine. But... What you should focus on is: Can I get this heart? How can I focus on getting the heart of the, the the five virgins who were prepared, so that when Jesus comes, I am prepared? So, how can you enter into this season and really participate in it? Um, this is right now is the time you want to be choosing something that you want to fast from. Um, Because we start next weekend, so you have a little bit of time to think about it. But, you know, you can fast from many things. Obviously, you can fast from food. You could fast from certain drinks that you enjoy. But there's other things that you can fast from. There's thinking about, what does my mind go to? Um, You could fast from social media. You could fast from media altogether. You could fast from certain activities that you enjoy or certain times of day that that you have set aside for yourself. You could say, I'm going to take my lunch hour and I'm going to do this on on it instead of that. Because what you fast from is not as important as what you replace that time with. And what we want to replace that time with is a focus on the, the truth that Jesus is coming back. And that he could be coming back tomorrow. Or what if he really did come back on Christmas Day? We want to really be able to immerse ourselves in that thought. So this is a time for you to decide how you are going to participate in it for this season of Advent. So this is how we're going to celebrate. This is our this is our ancient practice that we're going into this time. So thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad that you're going on this journey with me. Whether you started all those days ago, or whether you're starting today, I'm just glad that you're on the journey with us. And I want you to remember that the Bible says that God has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. This is a process. We're not earning anything through it, but God is refining us through it. Let him do his work, and I'll see you next week.